You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Happy New Year, New Year, New Month, and a new podcast. No, not really. Still a lot of the same favorites that we're going to get to ahead on today's show. Hope your weekend was fantastic. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today on the show, we talk about another position group as we talk about our debriefings from the 2021 football season, talking about BYU's defensive tackle position in light of some good news on that front with the return of Earl Tuioti Mariner for the 2022 season. We'll also talk about the departure of both Baylor Romney as well as Rhett Riley from the BYU quarterback room as well. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We also will catch up on everything else going on out there in BYU sports, even though it was a weekend devoid of any BYU teams in action. But still, we'll have you covered top to bottom right here on the podcast. Today's episode of Locked on Cougars is brought to you by our title sponsor in Sony. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's get rolling here on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 3rd, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And Happy New Year to you all. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic New Year holiday over the weekend. Crazily enough, we signed off December 31st with our most recent episode on Friday. And just like that, folks, it's 2022. We are now into, uh, let's see, we started this in 2018, so 18, 19, 2021, 20, into our fifth year of our existence of this podcast crazily to think uh, crazy enough to think that that's been that long but hope you guys are all doing fantastic out there and more importantly thank you for making us your first listen of the day let's get rolling on today's podcast to start off on the BYU football front I think the big news of the weekend a weekend that did not have any BYU sports or live sports in action with both the men's and women's basketball teams having their games postponed fingers crossed this week we actually get to see them back in action I know that they were chomping of the bit to play. I know Mark Pope was very adamant in the post game against Westminster. They were going to do everything within their power to play a game, but all 17 West Coast Conference games over the weekend. So any game involving a West Coast Conference team, there were 17 of them in all, all of them postponed. Absolute insanity, but Hopefully, uh, this week has better news. Teams coming out of protocol. We're able to see more basketball action. But COVID-19, it is not releasing its grip on the sports world. That is for certain. But the big news of the weekend, nonetheless, was the news from Baylor Romney coming out on, on not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, that he is, quote, moving on, unquote, from the BYU football program. And uh, there were a lot of BYU fans out there, I think, taken aback by this because this is a kid, speaking of Baylor Romney, who has started and won big games multiple times for BYU over the previous four years he's been in the program. His exact quote, his full quote, I guess I should say, from his social media said, quote, the past four years have been filled with ups and downs, but I am thankful for the memories I have made and the person I have become while playing football at BYU. My teammates have become my brothers and I'll miss them the most. I am thankful for the lifelong relationships I've been able to make. Thank you to all my coaches, family, and and friends for your love and support. I'm unsure what's next, but it's time for me to move on, and I'm excited for the next challenge. Go Cougs. Now, 
obviously this comes as a shock, I think, to some that think that what are you going to do next? Why is he saying he's going to enter the transfer portal? Well, I did confirm, if you guys are following my social media, uh, at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter, that he has entered his name, speaking of Baylor Romney, into the NCAA transfer portal. He is listed as a grad transfer. Uh, the past four years obviously means that he is graduating with his undergraduate degree, but Based on everything it sounds like, and I have not confirmed this, but I've heard it from enough people that I figure there's something to it. it. Apparently, his wife, Elise, who obviously was a student athlete in her own right at BYU in the track and field realm, she has reportedly entered or got in it, gotten in to a graduate program at BYU. So I don't think Baylor's going very far, honestly. He could maybe transfer to a, another school and see what opportunities are afforded to him, but... Him saying, I'm unsure what's next, but it's time for me to move on. I'm, I'm excited for the next challenge, indicates to me that he may decide he's done playing football. I know BYU would love to keep him in the loop if they need him. I, obviously, they have a lot of quarterbacks already in that position group, but you don't trade off four years of experience in an offense that's as intricate as BYU has developed under both Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick and lose a guy like that and just say, okay, well, next guy up, you st- get over here, let- let's do this. There's a lot of just in-game knowledge, a lot of know-how, just the overall ability to run BYU's offense that walks out the door when a kid like Baylor Romney moves on. So I don't know if his playing days are done, and if they are, I think every BYU fan can say thank you to Baylor Romney and wish him well as he moves on to whatever is next in life. I think that is actually a pretty sizable loss for BYU considering the track record the quarterback position with Jaron Hall has had for BYU. Jaron Hall has not proven yet in his BYU career that he can stay healthy for an entire season, and that is a massive concern. So we did a position group debriefing on the quarterbacks a week ago. So last Monday we talked about the quarterback position. I guess this is a kind of a pseudo one in light of the news here with Baylor Romney moving on. But the quarterback room for BYU now, ostensibly you have Jaron Hall as quarterback one. He's the starter. Then Jacob Conover, who served as the number three quarterback during the 2021 season. He is now elevated to number two. And the funny thing is, I believe the number three quarterback for BYU, BYU right now is a transfer in his own right. And that is Cade Fennigan. I have heard rave reviews about Cade Fennigan all season long from his work on the scout team. People saying that this dude could legitimately be QB1 one day in Provo. He's that good. He throws a great ball. He has a nice understanding of the offense. So we will see what happens with the quarterback position for BYU. But I think you also still have guys like Sol J. Maiava-Peters in the program. You also have um, Nick Billups also there as a guy who has been serving time on the scouts team alongside Cade Fennigan. So I don't think that the quarterback room has a darth of talent by any means. Uh, one other note, I also did uh, tweet this out over the weekend. Rhett Riley, a walk-on sophomore with the BYU football program, he has also entered his name into the NCAA transfer portal. It is the second straight offseason that Riley has entered the portal, ostensibly looking for a scholarship for himself or another opportunity to play. I would guess it's probably to find a scholarship because the walk-on life ain't easy, folks. If you're a walk-on into a college football program, you have to pay your way. And BYU makes it as easy as they possibly can. And obviously with the Bill Bar deal, that helps a lot of guys defray the cost. But it's still just a grind to be a walk-on. So I can understand why Brett Riley may be looking for another opportunity elsewhere, but I still still think the quarterback position is going to be okay. Now, if Baylor Romney doesn't actually leave BYU and his wife is in a graduate program, well, say he did, that itch comes back come summertime and he's still working out and he's feeling like, okay, maybe I want to get this get this going again. 
I'm not I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility he rejoins the program. I really don't think that that door has been closed by any means. I don't think uh, Kalani Satake, I don't think Aaron Roderick uh, speaking with Baylor said, well, see you, son, don't come back. Don't let the door hit you. That's not how they operate. Kalani has been very open about saying, if guys want to go elsewhere and they want to find a better spot for themselves, I will do everything within me and my staff's power to help them out. I truly believe if Baylor Romney, as so long as he still has eligibility and he's still in shape, et cetera, all that stuff that goes into it, if he wants to rejoin the BYU football program, I don't think they're going to say, no, you quit on us, get out of here. I really think they would welcome him back. We'll see. I think there's a very interesting conversation to be had about that, but I also don't think the quarterback position is in extreme danger right now. You do lose a very steady backup when Baylor Romney walks out that door, but it now gives opportunities to some younger guys like a Cade Fennigan, like a Jacob Conover. Now they have to step up in spring ball and show what they can do. All right, coming up here in just a minute, some good news in terms of a guy who decided to run it back for 2022 with BYU football came in the form of Earl Tuioti Mariner announcing that he is coming back for the 2022 season. And that's where we will get to our position group debriefing for today's episode of Locked on Cougars, talking about BYU's defensive tackle position, a position that has been much maligned during the 2021 season. Is there hope on the horizon for that position group? Well, we'll delve into it and see if we can figure out something to believe in with regard to those guys. But first, let's talk for a minute about our friends over at Built Bar. It is the new year, my friends, but Built Bar is still with us here on Locked On Cougars, and they want you guys to succeed with all of your New Year's resolutions. All of us are making these this time of year, and that is why Built Bar, if you are considering getting fit, eating healthier, that type of stuff, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, in some cases even better than a candy bar, but more importantly, it's incredibly healthy for you guys. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, and most importantly, 17 grams of protein packed into that bar. Compare that with any candy bar out there, it is incredibly healthy, and you will not believe how delicious they are for you. We all want to eat healthy, but let's be honest, by like week three, we're just miserable and saying this isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar's good news is they're covered in 100% real chocolate, so you can get that chocolate fix, but also eat something that you will not regret. So take advantage of their offer they've got for you guys now. Get to Built.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. order. Excuse me, you heard that right. L-O-C-K-E-D LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Make Built Bar part of your news resolution and save some money in the process by using the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com and get and join the best tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. Thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms out there. Let's continue on with the BYU football theme on today's show and continue on with our position group preview. Some of you may be just getting back to the office or getting back to your regular life after the holiday period. Over the last week, we started what we call our position group debriefings. What I do, and we've done this for the past couple of years on the podcast, after each football season is concluded, we go back and do a, uh, what do we call it, a, a autopsy of how each position group uh 
performed, excuse me, during the previous season. The past week, we have done five position groups. We talked about BYU's quarterbacks, running backs, as well as tight ends on the offense. We've also talked about BYU's linebackers and cornerbacks on defense. Today, we're going to stick on defense and talk about BYU's defensive tackle uh, position, and that is spurred by the news from this past week, and the Earl Tuioti Manor has announced that he is coming back to BYU for 2022. Some of you may recall he was one of the guys who had eligibility remaining but did walk during senior day for BYU. Baylor Romney, funny enough, did not walk. So I think that the decision for Baylor Romney, as we just previously talked about, may have come in more recent days because he did not walk during senior day festivities. So one of those things, but Tuioti Mariner is technically a fifth-year junior, but it will be a sixth-year senior this year, announcing the quote, on, I am on my way back to run it back with the boys and also, quote, grateful to my coaches for the opportunity and excited to play alongside my teammates and best friends one more time. Hashtag 2022. Hashtag go Cougs. Now, Earl Toyoti Mariner has been a lightning rod, I think, for a lot of BYU fans. When he's at his best, he's a pass rush threat from the pass rush threat, excuse me from the defensive tackle position. A guy who's not the best uh, defensive lineman in terms of the run-stopping ability, but in terms of passing downs, he's very, very good. The problem was in 2021, I felt like he got stuck on the field for long stretches when teams were running the ball down BYU's throat, and that is not his strength. I think he's a good football player, but he is not built, I feel like, to anchor against the run game. He, in a perfect scenario, would be a guy that you bring in on obvious passing downs or third down situations when you know a quarterback's going to draw back and you want somebody to rush up the middle and get after the quarterback. That is what I think Earl Tuioti Mariner's best position is. The problem was with the lack of depth and the lack of production from the defensive tackle position as a whole during 2021, he was one of the guys they were one of the guys they were throwing out there speaking of the coaching staff hoping that he'd be able to hold up against the onslaught they faced seemingly week in and week out it did not work uh, be frank the defensive tackle position for BYU does not get a very good grade I would feel like as a whole now Earl Tuioti Mariner is just one part of this defensive tackle alignment but I think him coming back for BYU is actually a decent sign. I think this is a kid and he had talked to the media last fall saying that I've got to evaluate things, talk with my wife. Uh, I've had multiple injuries. He has had multiple shoulder surgeries, if I'm not mistaken, that have really knocked out his opportunities to contribute at a high level. Really until the tail end of the 2020 season, he had been in the program for three years at that point and had done essentially nothing due to multiple injuries. Now, if he is staying healthy during the 2022 campaign, I am hopeful BYU can ultimately their scheme and make sure they find a position for him to contribute in a large and meaningful fashion for the Cougars. That is going to take bigger contributions from two guys that I felt like going into 2021 were going to have pretty good seasons, but due to injury concerns and other factors, they just did not have very good years. And those are Atunai Samahe and Caden Haas. Both of them built like you want a defensive lineman to be, albeit maybe a little shorter than you would like, because they list Caden uh, and Atunai Samahe, I think both at six foot one and if both of them are six one folks I'm six foot three and I'm barely six feet I'm, I'm just saying there's a little bit of fudging there I feel like with regards to their height but they're still powerfully built defensive linemen you look at a guy like Atunai Samahe or Caden Haas they got tree trunks for legs and they should be much better against the run game I feel like than they were in 2021 now let's also grant them 
as I said, some injury issues they had during the 2021 campaign knocked them both out of different games. Also, Mahe was coming back after a, uh, off after a year off due to a burst blood vessel in his head. Scary, scary situation. So it is my hope that I think after a full year of being quote-unquote the guys at defensive tackle, because going back to 2020, neither one of these guys have been the number one option for BYU at nose tackle slash defensive tackle. That was Kairos Tonga's job. These guys were able to play off of Kairos Tonga and benefited from the fact that Kairos Tonga was so good at that position. We're all seeing that right now with what he's doing for the Chicago Bears. Now, I think with a year's worth of experience now, they can go back to the drawing board, understand, okay, this is what I did okay, this is what I need to improve on, and they can hit the weight room and hit the film room hard and improve for 2022. I am expecting improvement from both of those players this coming fall. I think that both of them, as I said, with a year's worth of experience of being the lead guys at the position, they should and need to step up for BYU. Now, behind them, Gabe Summers, he has been Mr. Reliable. I actually thought he had a better campaign in 2020 than he did in 2021. Uh, Gabe is not your prototypical defensive tackle. He's kind of similar, I feel like, to Earl Tuioti Mariner. A little taller, a little more slender, but still capable of contributing for BYU. The hope is, I think, with a guy like Gabe Summers, is with another year's worth of work in the weight room, developing his game, he can be a better run stopper. He's got a better frame, I feel like. He's not as... How do I describe this? He's not as narrow uh, in terms of his hips and shoulders. We all know that body types are different for people. Some people have very broad shoulders, and they they just have frames that are expansive and allow a guy to pack on a lot of weight. Uh, To use an example from BYU, uh, I look at a guy like Caden Haas. Yeah, he is not the tallest guy on the field, but Caden Haas has a frame that allows him to pack 300-plus pounds onto that frame and still look like he could put on more weight. That's not what a guy like Earl Tuioti Mariner has. Earl Tuioti Mariner is listed at six foot four, two hundred and eighty pounds, and I feel like he's probably maxed out at about two hundred and eighty pounds. Gabe Summers, I feel like though, is still capable of developing his body and training himself to be a better defensive tackle for BYU and ostensibly a better run stopper than he was in twenty twenty one. I think as a whole for this position group, a full year's worth of experience against maybe the toughest schedule uh, that BYU has ever faced. A lot of these guys probably learned some hard lessons during 2021, and the hope is they take those lessons and use them to get better in the offseason. Now, behind, I think, those top four guys of Naisamahe, Caden Haas, Gabe Summers, and Earl Tuioti Mariner, you have a bunch of other guys who I am expecting to step up and show what they can do. The hope is that they, similar to the four guys we've already talked about, will spend this offseason in the weight room, training their bodies, realizing what they need to do to get better, and hopefully they'll have better performances on the field. The guys I'm speaking of include John Nelson, Josh Larson, Joshua Singh, Jacob Paulu, and then a guy that I'm wondering if his frame is going to yield him playing defensive tackle down the line in Hunter Greer. Now, one of those guys is coming off a season-ending injury, and that is Jacob Paulu. He tore his ACL. He came into that Baylor game, if you guys will recall, late in the game, was playing and then just played, I think, like maybe 10, 12 snaps, and then ripped up his knee and tore his ACL. And it's unfortunate. The hope is that he is back full go come training camp this summer, and you'll see him back in the mix. I actually think Jacob Paulu has got a very, very uh, capable frame of being a true run stuffer for BYU. I I actually met Jacob Paulu one day, and I'm like, okay, you're built more in the framework of a 
Kairos Tonga type, just a big old body who, if he learns how to use his leverage to his advantage, could be an incredible run stopper for BYU. He's still very much a young prospect. He's only a freshman. He's got plenty of time on his side. A guy who played a lot during the 2021 season that I expect to have a better season in 2022 is John Nelson. John Nelson has got one of those frames that can add on a lot of weight, and I hope that he adds on good weight this offseason. I saw it flashes from Nelson throughout the 2021 season of both good and then some just absolutely horrendous plays as well. And that is not accepting anybody on this list we have talked about. There were stretches for this defensive line where they played really well. There were other stretches that were just abysmal. And I think some of the most abysmal moments are the ones that are the freshest in BYU fans' eyes because they can think back to that UAB loss and how BYU's defensive line was unable just to slow down that UAB rushing attack. It happened time and time again down the stretch run for BYU. I think that BYU needs to make sure that they have their guys up to speed in terms of their conditioning and similar to what I've already talked about previously on this podcast, I want to see BYU rely on their quote-unquote go-to guys, their frontline guys, the top guys at defensive and nose ta- defensive tackle and nose tackle. They should be playing the number ones more than the twos and threes. I get the theory that Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki have deployed in that hockey shift where you come and play for four or five plays and then you shift everybody out. And in theory, the next group is fresh and they should be able to contribute. Well, until you have the quality depth that proves they can not have a drop-off in play when you make that shift, you need to rely on your top dogs. They did that in 2019 and 2020. You can think of Kairos Tonga, uh, Braden L. Bakri, uh, who else am I thinking of? Oh, um, Uh, I'm also thinking of the former wrestler from Pleasant Grove, and I'm doing this uh, recorded, and I should have this name at the forefront of my mind. Oh, Zach Daw. That's who it is. Zach Daw. We saw them really be relied upon. Those three were really kind of the main guys for BYU. I actually would like to see BYU get back to more of that. If the group that BYU has at defensive tackle starts to really show, okay, they can bring in a two or a three on the depth chart and they don't have that far of a drop off. Maybe then you can go to more of that hockey shift rotation style in terms of your defense. But for the time being, 2021 proved that this is a thin unit, a young unit who is in very much dire need of a lot of work. So I'm hopeful that this offseason upcoming will give these guys the requisite time to train their bodies, train their minds, get in the film room, get in the weight room, uh, heal up from injuries in the case of a guy like Jacob Palu, any lingering injury concerns for guys like Nisa Mahe and Caden Haas. And the hope is that when training camp comes around in 2022 and the up- upcoming 2022 season comes around, you'll see them playing at a higher level. They have to play at a higher level. This defensive tackle position, I would say graded out probably in terms of a D for the overall season in 2021. Not good enough. It was not good enough. Any of you who watched BYU play this fall, and I would figure any of you listening to this podcast watched every game, can think back to how bad the rush defense was for BYU. And the hope is going into 2022, it will be better because it has to be better for BYU if they want to have success at the level they're competing at. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll round out today's show with all the rest of the news from the weekend in BYU sports. We do have a date for the 
uh, East Carolina game for the 2022 season. And it's not a very good sign for BYU if you looked at 2021 as a template for when you want to take a bye week. We'll get into that momentarily. Today's show is brought to you by a new sponsor here on the podcast, and this is our friends over at Get Upside. Our listeners can make up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back by using our friends at GetUpside in their new app. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents gallon to get up get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there is no cash. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or even get an e-gift card for Amazon and other amazing brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE and get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's once again, promo code SCORE. Download the GetUpside app now. All right, folks. One thing I felt to note is the statistics from the BYU defensive tackle position. Let's run those down real quick. Caden Hawes was the leading tackler for BYU from the defensive tackle spot with 31 total tackles as well as one and a half sacks on the year. He also did have two pass breakups and one forced fumble. So actually a pretty productive season stats-wise for Caden. Behind him, you had Nice Amahi with 26 total tackles, one and a half sacks on the season for him. Then you dropped down to Earl Tuyoti Mariner who had 25 total tackles, one sack. And then also a John Nelson with 12 tackles on the year for BYU. He also had a half sack for BYU as well as one pass breakup. So some decent production I felt like overall, but as I mentioned, you want to see continued progression from BYU. And one name I failed to talk about on that, because some of you probably are going to be wondering about this, is why didn't you mention Lorenzo Fawatea, Jake? The thing is with Lorenzo Fawatea, he trained his body all after all offseason last year to play defensive end. And it's my expectation he'll be expecting to run that back and try it again this year, hopefully with better health. He had a back injury that knocked him out of most of this past season. And the injury bug, man, there's a lot of guys on BYU's roster who you can see, okay, that guy's got a lot of talent, but the problem is they're not able to stay on the field. And that is the concern for BYU. So that's why Lorenzo Fawatea was not mentioned there. I probably should have acknowledged that right up front, but now you're a little more clear on that, hopefully. All right, uh, other news for you guys, including uh, BYU as we round out today's edition of the Monday show, is we need to talk about BYU's 2022 schedule. Now, BYU, I think, has put together a pretty good schedule for the final season as an independent. That's all of our expectation for BYU, but they have not announced their official schedule yet, and I'm expecting that will be coming in relatively short order. Uh, if you go to fbschedules.com, which is kind of the foremost authority when it comes to projecting future schedules, they've got BYU's schedule showing them playing every week through Saturday, October 22nd. So they're playing at USF, Baylor, at Oregon, home to Wyoming, home to Utah State versus Notre Dame in Las Vegas, home to Arkansas, and then at Liberty. So those first eight games pretty tough gauntlet. Well, there's an opening on October 29th. There's also an opening for BYU on November 12th and BYU has a date TBA if you go to fbschedules.com involving East Carolina and they figure that the Pirates would slot into either of those slots. It is my sincere belief and hope that BYU tried everything within their power to put East Carolina on November 12th and allow their team to have that bye game 
after the Liberty game, that eight games in, your body's beat up. We all learned this this past season for BYU in 2021. They didn't have a bye week until mid-November. Well, news coming out yesterday from East Carolina's uh, 24-7 site. They confirmed it over the weekend with East Carolina's athletic department that the East Carolina Pirates will be traveling to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on, get it, October 29th, 2022. Well, that means that BYU will play uh, at Liberty on October 22nd, come home and host East Carolina, and then they will play at Boise State on Saturday, November 5th, 10 straight games, and then finally have a bye week. They'll finish up the season with a home game against Dixie State and then a road game Thanksgiving weekend at Stanford. Brutal, folks absolutely miserable, brutal, and I'm hoping that BYU's delay in announcing their schedule, I don't know this for certain, but it is my sincere hope that BYU is trying something to get a bye week earlier on in the season. Whether that is you swap out an opponent, you tell, I don't know who, that you need to switch games, move them to later in the season, I don't know, but we all learned in 2021 that playing 10 or 11 straight weeks for BYU football does nobody any favors. It is brutal on these young players. They don't get a respite. They need a week off at some point during the season, earlier on, about midway through, to give themselves a chance to heal up. The way BYU is scheduling right now, and if this schedule is going to hold, where they're going to play 10 straight weeks in 2022, you're going to expect injury concerns to crop up once again during the 2022 campaign similar to what we saw in 2021 it's the hard and fast truth folks what we saw they played seven power five opponents in 2021 BYU believe is scheduled to play six maybe five let's see one two three four Oh, five Power 5 opponents. So there's not as many Power 5 opponents on the schedule, but you're still playing some brutal games. Boise State's going to be tough. Traveling cross-country to Liberty. There are some really tough games here for BYU. And the problem is, if you're going to make these players play 10 straight weeks, you can't not expect them to perform at their absolute best or the peak of their powers when they are beat up. They are putting their lives and livelihoods, their bodies, their lives, their livelihoods on the line every week for our entertainment. And you're going to brutalize their bodies for 10 straight weeks and then say, okay, take a week off. And then we're going to come back and we're going to play Dixie State, which should be an absolute blowout because Dixie State is transitioning to Division One. Oh, and then we have one big game after that against Stanford. There's nobody any favors. It's just the scheduling right for this is just, it's not working. But it is what it is. It's just kind of how you have to play it. And I think BYU realizes it. I'm sure Tom Homo, in a perfect world, he'd probably have that bye week on October 29th. But apparently, East Carolina is slotting in there. And as it stands right now, the unofficial BYU schedule has the Cougars playing 10 straight weeks in 2022, similar to what we saw this past season. And we all know how that panned out. Yes, they did have 10 wins, but we know how beat up and how injured BYU was down the stretch. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that the injury concerns for BYU very much affected their prospects when it came to taking on UAB in that bowl game, even though I still think BYU should have beat UAB. I just, I think injuries are part of the equation for that loss. 
All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we'll, of course, be back tomorrow talking more BYU football. We'll flip back over to the offense for BYU with our position group debriefings. We'll talk about the wide receiver position tomorrow. I think, obviously, that's one that's got a lot of people wondering what's going to happen. Guys like uh, Neil Poutwell moving on. Is Gunnar Romney going to come back? There's a lot to discuss on that. We'll get into that tomorrow and whatever else pops up between now and then. So thank you for your support of the podcast, as always. Always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Want to help you guys make some money? Get over to listen to Locked On Bets. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports give you the best bets every single day, the inside edge when it comes to betting on all the sports you care about. So listen to Locked On Bets. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that'll do it. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 3rd, 2022, and we will catch you guys manana.